Hey, welcome to Happy Tears! I'm Brandon. And I'm Nick, and this is Happy Tears, a podcast where two sensitive boys talk about the pop culture, meaning the different movies, music, art, books that we love so much so that it often brings us to tears. And we talk about those moments that it brings us to tears. Today on the podcast, the big music episode, so strap in. We review two albums, first of which is Earth Gang's Mirrorland. Earth Gang is an Atlanta-based rap duo that blends their southern Atlanta roots with charismatic, stylish, lyrical delivery, as well as the album Little Ghost by Moonchild, which is a smooth, creamy serving of neo-soul goodness. And this is Happy Tears. <laughs> Well, we always start off the show with a little recap of the things that we've been watching, listening to, and consuming in the last week. Do you got any recommendations for me, Brandon? I do have a uh, a few. So one of my recommendations is a song titled Lark by Angel Olsen. It's a real kind of moody, dramatic track that just builds beautifully and makes me excited for her upcoming release. Very uh, cool track. And then another guy I've been following for a while named Shigeto. It's S-H-I-G-E-T-O. He's like a producer drummer from Detroit. He does a bunch of really cool electronic music and does uh, some really interesting drum playing over his production. And on his new project, he's kind of uh, pulled back quite a bit and gone back to his roots of just like jazz. So you can hear it's a more like organic jazz album. It's just four songs, so I guess it's an EP, but the title uh, of the track I'm recommending is called Riverbank Drive. It's just a pretty traditional jazz song with... um, Definitely some contemporary elements in there, but he's he's playing drums. Cool. So I was surprised that you didn't uh, recommend TC Superstar because they were on a bill of a show that you booked just yes, a couple weeks ago. And I have not said anything about them yet, so one of many mistakes I've made on this. <laughs> TC Superstar is an Austin-based like synth-pop band. They are kind of a throwback to a certain style of 80s synth-pop. Their music by itself is really good and a lot of fun to listen to, but also... Their live performance was so cool because, first of all, the band all dresses in, like, pink t-shirts with, like, white shorts, right? They're all dressed the same. They're pink shorts. They're pink shorts. Yes. So they're pinked out. They're pinked out, dude. And then the lead singer frontman sings and also he'll dance but yes. he also has two dancers with him at least the show we saw had two right. dancers apparently they have more correct the kind of contemporary dance element they bring to their shows was really 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 cool So another music recommendation that actually came from a listener. Have you heard of the band Inhaler? Mm, I don't know. So this was a submission from Tita, a listener in the Netherlands. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So she sent us via Instagram this band Inhaler, and it's actually Bono's son is the front man. Oh, very cool. She sent a couple tracks. I'll add my favorite to our playlist. It's a song called My Honest Face. They're kind of this new breed of indie pop boy bands, kind of in the vein of like the 1975 or like the band Camino is kind of a local favorite, but they were cool.
thank you so much to Tita for um, sending us that. That's great. And more people should be sending us music, right? Yes, I agree. If someone from the Netherlands can, I'm sure someone from our hometown can do it. <laughs> and my last musical recommendation, I know there's a lot. I listened to it for the first time just this morning and I had to add it because it blew me away. You know Hobo Johnson? You know this kid? I know this kid. So he kind of blew up on social media because he dropped a tiny desk, what do they call it? Submission. Those? Submission video, probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it kind of blew up. He, I think, has gotten a record deal since then. So this is Hobo Johnson's second album backed by a label. The first one was The Rise of Hobo Johnson in 2017. This one's called The Fall of Hobo Johnson. And man, it is fucking cool. <laughs> First of all, I just love his style and his um, delivery and demeanor. I think that's what a lot of people kind of gravitated towards because he is, he seems kind of insecure and timid and bashful, but he also is poetic and you can see hints of confidence, right? So he's kind of really endearing. I just listened to it an hour ago, but I got to spend some more time with it. It might be one of my favorite albums of the year. Just knocked my socks off. So I had to talk about it. That is the end of my music recommendations. <laughs> you had some happy tears recently? Uh, There's a few from the week, just on a few occasions, and they all kind of involved music in some way. So here's some more music for you. Uh, So there's a, he's a lot of things, but producer, instrumentalist, and a lot more. A guy named Terrace Martin. He's had collaborations with tons of, artist, especially in the jazz and hip-hop world. On his most recent project, he has a a song called Wake Up, and I had just gotten into my car, the Bluetooth automatically popped up, and it was on shuffle, and this song popped up, and I don't think I had heard it, or I just had maybe skipped over in the past or whatever. It's kind of a mid-album track, and I'm not sure I listened to this whole project, but the, the song's titled Wake Up, and I was driving in the rain as it came on. It just fit everything like so perfectly there's like a very reminiscent kind of sound to this with like beautiful piano and saxophone on song so it was just one of those like perfect timing moments like one of those moments that like feels like a movie yeah and it's definitely different from a lot of stuff that i've heard from him it's like really laid back and yeah it just sounds kind of like an old jazz standard with a little bluesiness in and the saxophone has it does a really great job of making these like vocal intonation type sounds on the saxophone so it sounds pretty conversational tell me about yours so a little over a week ago i can't believe i'm talking about this person again but i went to the john mayer concert here in dallas a friend of mine that I work with sometimes, had an extra ticket, and I was able to buy it from her, so shout out to Yvonne. The concert's awesome. It always is. The guy just knows how to put on a show. He can shred with the best of them. We all know this. Couple of happy tears. He played the song called Born and Raised off the album Born and Raised, which is one of my favorite songs of all time, and I don't think I've ever heard him play it in concert, so major, like, full-on weeping, tears streaming down my face. And I also had this crazy moment that I just wanted to mention. So, small digression. If any listeners on here have not listened to the podcast called Dissect, they super need to. It's long-form musical analysis broken into short episodes. It's one track per episode, usually. And this guy named Cole Kuchna analyzes Kanye West albums, Kendrick Lamar albums, Frank Ocean He's done Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. It's great. There's a very specific episode, I'll link to it in the show notes, where he dissects Solo by Frank Ocean, which is also one of my favorite songs of all time. And he educated me and all listeners alike on the concept of frisson, something I never heard of. But frisson basically describes that uh, feeling of the chills or goosebumps brought on by like music or art or, you know, anything, anytime that you get chills from something that's not like being cold or something. <laughs> right. I'm going to try to do a very short version. He does this very long lesson basically on the different ways. There have been studies and he talks about the different ways that can be caused. And usually it's from like something unexpected happening, whether it's like a random high note that you weren't expecting or unexpected minor chord 
that then resolves back to the major chord and that resolution that your brain is expecting gets fulfilled. And so I had an experience at the John Mayer concert where I was like, oh my God, this is Frisian and I know why because of <laughs> Cole Kuchner and the Dissect podcast. And it's during, it happens on his live recordings too. And I just, I've never thought about it, but he always plays slow dancing in a burning room. It's one of his big arena rock songs, right? One of his most iconic guitar riffs. At the end of the song, he always has two guitars soloing and they're doing separate guitar solos. And it's a little dissonant, but they're in the same ballpark of, of at least the same key signature and stuff. Mm-hmm. But eventually they always come together and do the same riff, harmonizing each other. Mm-hmm. And I get goosebumps every time. that during the concert and it was super awesome and i just got really excited about it so i wanted to talk about it here um you had some more happy tears yeah so another one i was reading this book titled go ahead in the rain notes to a tribe called quest by hanif abdurakib it's a love letter to a group a sound and an era that's what it says on the book cover really really great so far I mean, he knows a lot about the the material he's talking about but can relate it to uh, bigger pictures things so it's It's really, really interesting. But I was just listening to a random playlist while I was reading. The song Watermelon Man by Herbie Hancock came on. And in the book, he's talking about Rodney King a little bit. And then he goes right into talking about the Low End Theory, an album by The Tribe Called Quest. And the song that Watermelon Man, kind of the intro, it's kind of like starts with just like this more like sparse intro and sounds and instruments and stuff start building in as the song goes on and then it breaks kind of into a a different sound it starts off with like this i I think it's someone blowing into a bottle but it's supposed to represent like the pygmy music of like central africa that was playing over the the rodney king section and then he starts talking about the low end parts of the low end theory and what that means to the album and stuff and so and watermelon man is a fantastic song and the music matched perfectly with what i was listening to so it was another one of those just moments to where something matched up and i kind of just felt right (laughs) yeah in the moment so it's like the percussion and the uh the bass are amazing on the track watermelon man so it was just another one of those matched up perfect moments and yeah i loved it I don't often read and listen to music, but sometimes I do, and sometimes it can be really enriching to the experience. Yeah. Um, And I have some stuff that I'm going to talk to you about next week when we talk about the Descender comic book that uh, might fit in with this. Very cool. Uh, Another, there's a a band called American Football. Okay. I've heard of them. Yeah, so they're uh, kind of a pillar in the emo community they've got kind of a math rock and a post rock sound as well it's just really really cool instrumentation and their uh, lead singer mike kinsella is a really great songwriter and lyricist so they uh, just had their 20th anniversary for the first album they put out and they were also featured on this kexp session there's a song that they played on there called stay home it's like a 10 minute song and the first three minutes are just like this buildup of like luring you in to the track and it's kind of I wouldn't say disorienting but it's kind of like there's two two guitars playing and this drummer's kind of just building up very slowly and then at three there's just or at around like three minutes or three minutes and five seconds there's this like release into a more widespread sonic experience and it's just very super effective and just that release kind of brought me back into what that album sounds like and kind of memories with it uh it came out in 1999 so I didn't listen to it then but right. uh, I listened to Owen a lot, which was another project that Mike Kinsella was the main guy in. And I grew up listening to his music with some of my pal, my music pals. So it was a real kind of like flashback moment, but also just the release of the song is uh, super effective. So it's another emotional moment from the week. <laughs> Love a good emotional moment. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. Well, let's move on to the next thing. So last time on the podcast, we asked listeners to reach out to us with the 
artist who they own the most physical CDs of in the CD era of music. Right. And we got a number of submissions. Hey guys, it's Randy. Uh, the album I listened to or had the most of when I was in high school, it's kind of a few way tie. It was uh, definitely Incubus and Deftones. And oddly enough, they might be giants. And then because I was in the drum line, I also got my hands on every Dream Theater album I could possibly have. It was either Britney Spears or Destiny's Child. Kind of want it to be Destiny's Child, but I think it's probably Britney Spears. Hey guys, I didn't realize I only had a one, one minute to talk, so I'm going to redo this because I messed it up. But thank you for your podcast. I love it. You guys are great. Love you. Um, I always, I still have a CD player in my car because I'm 85 years old and because I don't want to get a new car or update anything with my life. So I still burn CDs. And the first CDs I started burning were Queens of the Stone Age. And I got those CDs when I was like 13. And I just started uh, making my own playlists. And I did the same with Green Day because I went through Green Day phase before that. Uh, Nirvana, all the lovely stuff. I burned it all together and made my own playlist because um, I'm never going to not have a CD player. Uh, and I have a record collection and a record player. So that's just kind of who I am. But love you guys. Thank you uh, for letting me talk. And I'll continue to listen to you guys. Bye. Yeah, I went back and looked at just to make sure, because I said last week it might be the White Stripes. So if it was just Jack White alone, I owned, he would be the one I own the most projects of. But the next in line was Portugal the Man, and that was the band that I had the most single CDs from. And I don't own any CDs any longer, but I'm pretty sure it was Blink-182. Some other submissions from our Instagram, we've got Backstreet Boys. I can't tell if this is a joke. Somebody wrote, I think it's a tie between Metallica and Taylor Swift. That can't be real. No, I think it's probably real. <laughs> Missy Elliott and Marilyn Manson. One person put both of those. That's kind of an odd pairing, but Good. I think it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Lil Wayne, The Killers, or The Pussycat Dolls. Another submission for the Backstreet Boys in sync. A couple people put Britney Spears. So lots of good submissions there by these, uh, looks like a bunch of 90s babies. <laughs> Thank you to everyone that submitted. You can always submit to our questions and polls at happytearspod.com. There's a link right on the homepage that you can leave us a voice message and you can always leave us a comment or a DM or something cool on Instagram. And that's a great point. In general, we would love to hear from listeners more about all sorts of things. You can always, you know, respond to the prompts that we're asking week to week. But if you guys just want to send us music like some of the people did for this episode, we want to hear what you're listening to. And if we like it, we'll, re we'll recommend it and we'll give you a shout out for sure. Um, as well as um, if you guys have happy tears, share them with us. I encourage you to, to let us know about it. Because that's what it's all about, is sharing the things we love, the things we get emotional about, the things we care about. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> that's my Mr. Rogers. <laughs> anyway, send us some stuff. Engage. So on to our extremely brief news brief. <laughs> extremely mega... Totally brief news brief. The Mercury Prize uh, is a prize given out to the UK album of the year. This year, the lineup was pretty amazing. It had the Little Sims album on there, the Idols album on there, the Fontaine's DC. It just reminded me how much great music is coming out of the UK right now. Several of those can be listened to on the Happy Tears mixtape playlist. Absolutely. But the, the one that won was an album called Psychodrama by Dave. He's so, just called Dave? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a cool album. Like I like I liked it a lot. It's not my favorite out of all of those. I was kind of pushing for the Idols album. Mm. But really a super stacked short list. He's a hip hop artist from the UK and uh cool to see someone just be genuinely excited and surprised and everyone rooting for them. Um and actually artists be interested in their performances at these things. Like there's a ton of energetic performances, a ton of really great talent over there. And that short list was full of um, some pretty amazing artists. The next thing is that I just saw that Glow 
The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, mm-hmm. a show that we both love. Love that show. And it currently has three seasons, and it just got renewed for a fourth and final season, and I'm very happy it did. Just in the last week, Rick Ocasek of The Cars passed away at the age of 75. For those of us that weren't necessarily alive in the late 70s and early 80s, it's hard to really grasp the impact that their music had, Yeah. right? But I went back and listened to just their first album, their debut album, and the first three songs on this album are all-time greats. Like like songs that I've known my whole life. I didn't even know they were by the cars. Or on one album. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the first three tracks on their debut album are Good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, and Just What I Needed. But all three of those songs have been in like countless movies, TV shows. This album cover is iconic as well. I constantly find myself struggling with when iconic musicians die... I'm just now discovering how great they were post-mortem. Mm-hmm. And so listening to The Cars and Rick Ocasek and some of the iconic music that he made and put into the world, it's crazy. He also produced three of Weezer's albums, including their debut album, The Blue Album, which is huge in my musical lexicon. Mm-hmm. Also, No Doubt's Rocksteady. And so, That's crazy. I know. He's done a lot for music, and I think especially for people that were born after the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's always nice to just go back and recognize greatness. So, uh, R.I.P. Rick Ocasek, go listen to The Cars today. I guess you're just what I need, just what I need, I needed someone to feed. I guess you're just what I need, just what I need, I needed someone to feed. That's it for the news this week. Very extreme to the brief to the news to the brief. I hated that. <laughs> and on to the content for today. Place your head on the map. Place your feet to the sky. What you think about that? So the first topic of discussion today is the album Mirrorland by Earth Gang. Their hip hop duo from Atlanta, comprised of uh, Johnny Venus and. Wow, great. That's W-O-W-G-R-8. They're from uh, from the south side of Atlanta, where Outkast and Future are from. So you can see some of their influences in, in the music. And sure. uh, what'd you think about this, Nick? I had a lot of fun with this album. I love the way it starts. And I enjoyed aspects of it throughout. But yeah. it really kind of just comes out the gate fiery yeah in, in I agree. a really cool way and so uh I, some of the the best aspects of it are when it's it's kind of weird right yeah. it's a little out there you mentioned outcast you see a lot of the influences of that there there's also some kendrick that i see for sure uh, in the production specifically mm-hmm. um i had a lot of fun and i've never listened to earth gang before so this was new for me yeah i love their energy i love kind of how they built this world uh, in the album. I think they do a really great job at that. And you could tell they just have a lot of chemistry. These guys have known each other since high school and they've been doing this a while, but they don't have a you know a ton of releases or anything. So this is a, uh, a big album for them. Now I guess we can talk about some of the tracks that we loved and uh, the standouts for us. Let's do it. So right off the bat, you have La La Challenge, song number one. I think it starts off with a really cool atmosphere that brings you into this world at least the second half of it almost has like this carnival vibe to it that's exactly what i wrote like a ray bradbury sinister creepy carnival Carnival. that's awesome (laughs) and i really like the kind of wild crazy flow at the end this album i read was inspired by the Wiz. Um, really yeah they were kind of trying to make like the Wiz atlanta version it's very like cinematic theatrical kind of throughout this whole thing and so right away i think they do a good job at like placing you in in uh, the world they've built for sure i mean the opening track might be my favorite on this album i thought the production on this track specifically was very mature there's a spot 45 seconds into this song where it's nothing crazy but like in the middle of, of a verse, they're just throwing these woos in. The production of it seems really tailored in mm-hmm. a very cool way. And then the bass line, and like in the second half of the song that you said it really picks up, it's like the carnival comes to life. Right. And that bass line is just so crazy. It's like controlled chaos because you've got these layered vocals and this driving bass line that's going crazy. Yeah, there's so much going on. Man, 
major stank face is what it gave me. You know that? You know what I'm There's talking about? There's some major stank face on a few tracks, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Stank face, for me, it's like when you hear drums that are just perfectly in the pocket or just like the or most bass. perfect bass line. You just kind of, it's like almost a Robert De Niro. It's so, yeah, it's disgusting. It's so disgusting. Good. <laughs> Love getting stank face from oh, yeah. music. It's great. So track number two is up, and there is a, a version of this that released before on the YouTube series Colors. I've mentioned that before on here, but they do a really super charismatic performance of that song on the series, so we should link that in the show notes. But I think it does translate really well to the recorded version. I think the beat's crazy. I think this is where, like, you know, the outcast influence is super clear. The flow on this kind of sounds like Bombs Over Baghdad. I love Bombs Over Baghdad. Such a great song. He also, Wow Great, makes a Hiatus Coyote reference, and they're an awesome band. He makes it in uh, one of the last verses on here, in a reference to Napalm, which is the lead singer of that band. And apparently that's his favorite band, which is cool. But this is another this is one i starred here it's one of my favorites same here i really like this song it kind of continues perfectly that that vibe it sets up in the first track of this kind of carnival it's still kind of creepy right there's yeah. a little bit of weirdness to it that i really like there's a line that he says i make all your dreams and nightmares come true i make all your dreams and nightmares come true you know what it makes me think of oh yeah do you remember that animated movie called We're Back, and it's about dinosaurs no. that come back to life? That's amazing. I should double check that that's the name <laughs> of the movie. But there's like a carnival sequence that's just like what this album makes me feel. <laughs> yeah, that movie's from 1993, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. And it's super creepy. Like, I don't, I don't exactly remember... Four dinosaurs take a trip to New York City. <laughs> and but Incredible. it's it's kinda like it gets kinda scary and weird, almost like the black cauldron. Like it's yeah. an animated it's an animated movie, but it is kinda scary at times. I remember it scaring me. And there's a carnival sequence. I'm gonna see if it's on YouTube and if there if it is, I'll I'll link it in the show notes also. Beautiful. I also on this track, I was really impressed by the uh charisma of these guys. I like a lot of hip hop and some of my Favorites are pretty straightforward rappers. They rely on their cleverness with lyrics and things like that. And their delivery is good, but it's it's not necessarily the focus of the way that they approach their craft. Right. These guys add a lot of style to the way, to their delivery. Even just like, there's this one line, and I don't know which one of the guys it is, but he sings, What's the price of love? Okay. What's the press alert? <laughs> like he he like he gets all he gets he puts some juice on it. Yeah. You know, like um and of course I'm gonna cut out me singing that. <laughs> but the way these guys approach their lyrics, they're they're having fun with it clearly, and it made me have fun as a listener. Yeah. Doctor told me I should rest, but I ain't gonna never ever quit. This next one is another favorite, so they start off really strong on this album, I think. Top Down is the title. The hook in the song is infectious. Just a cruising song, right? It reminded me of um, This Is America a little bit, oh. the way it starts off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah, they have a similar tone to them, and then uh, I just think it paints a really good picture and the sound fits like the theme and the story they're trying to tell and it is a great continuation from up as well like we're kind of rolling in staying on a high and it ends up uh it's going to change here in a little bit yeah i really like this track it felt kind of like a throwback to like early 2000s southern rap like ti and ludicrous and stuff you know it's just this feel good kind of fun yeah loved it track number six is called this side Kind of takes you further down the darker side of this album. Yeah. I really, I like this song. I feel like it's the first time that we get some, like, them getting a little more clear-eyed and serious. I like both sides of this for sure, but I appreciate the maturity of this. Like, the vocal timbre in the first verse is, like, super emotional, and this is the one that I kind of connected with on a, like, more emotional level. Things change, people change, love grows, come and goes. Sometimes I get overwhelmed, I'm in and over my head. Put my life online for sale, put that wish up on a star, put that money on myself. Sometimes I'm just by myself, whole future, yes I am. You know, there's five or so on here that I really like, and I think this is another one of those. I feel like it kind of takes you into this deep, dark, nighttime side of 
whatever world that they've they've built here, things just get a little more serious. I feel like, oh yeah, the beat switch is nuts. They both sound really angry after this, and it's still in this kind of dark world, but it reminds me of, uh, I think it's DNA on Damn by Kendrick. But the way, like, on the way the beat switch and it just feels kind of like, gets kind of angry. I really like this track. It's obviously pretty different vibe from, from the others, but I appreciate this side of the album as well. Uh, another favorite is track number nine, titled Tequila. I think the production on this one is wild and amazing. Like the horns are nuts. Good guy, so One thing I noticed about this song was it kind of sounds like a like a getaway song, like either getting out of town because something bad just happened or just the sound of it reminded me of someone like in a car, like packing up to get out of town quickly. Yeah. But I think it makes sense thematically because I feel like the song's kind of about, they talk about it's a perfect day to drink tequila. To, to me, it was about like getting away from the, someone's problems and the, the song kind of sounds like that. The use of horns and the main guitar line that plays does kind of give it a Latin vibe. Obviously, the theme of tequila being a Mexican liquor yeah. is perfect for that. I almost see like Bonnie and Clyde, you know, like fleeing the cops going to Mexico or something. Yeah. You know? Like it's it's like kind of the idea of getting away and another version of that I think is cool. Yeah. I think Wow Great's verse on this is one of his best on the album. He writes, uh, seen little boy take his last breath where my little brother took his first, it fucked me up. And I thought that was pretty poignant heavy line yeah and he also says yeah the life is full of catchy hooks and uppercuts kind of just like presenting those two things as just kind of the good and bad and them coming kind of next to each other i guess yeah i miss that line that's awesome t-pain's on this as well which is kind of funny now is anyone hearing some kind of static on the main line it ain't mine i'm not seriously here to be clearing it up for the eighth time it's I don't know how much he adds to it because I think Johnny Venus is super dynamic and all of his ways he either delivers these hooks or his rapping style. So I think he could have done just a good a job. That's how I felt too. I like T-Pain, but he didn't really do anything for me here. That's another one of my favorites on the album. And it goes right into Blue Moon. And when the beat drops on this, I got Stank Face. Yeah, the way that bass and those drums are working together is pretty and awesome. And the horns, yeah. And the horns, are again, are great on this. That's just really like jazzy, cool vibe to it. And to me, this was kind of a turning point in the album. It kind of feels like they got got away and got out of the rut sort of thing because it's a, definitely more upbeat, really groovy track. It's definitely a different production than what we've heard so far on any of the tracks. Yeah, so what were your thoughts overall on this the project? I thought it was cool. I like, yeah, I, I kind of mentioned at the top that at the top of the album, right? They kind of come out the gates really cool, and I liked how weird it was. Yeah, they it, come out hot. I liked how the production was a lot like Kendrick, and that he just does a lot of weird, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish I had seen more of that throughout the whole album. Not to say there aren't standout tracks later, and and especially kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, especially through the first like five or six tracks, there was a nice variety of tones. Mm-hmm. And on the back half, it got a little monotonous mm-hmm. overall. But being new to listening to Earth Gang, I'm a fan. Me too, man. I definitely think it's a pretty solid project overall. I've enjoyed it, and I think there's several highlights on here. More than anything, just see the potential in these guys. Like, I, I don't think they're near their peak yet, and I think they super energetic, tons of chemistry. I think that they still have a little bit of the pulling from Andre 3000 and Kendrick Lamar a little bit. I think they'll break out of that some. I know there's a ton of uh, stuff going on right now just comparing them to Outkast, and it's easy to do that because they're from Atlanta and kind of have a kind of wild, zany style. But I think that they'll break out of that a little bit and I think the, like I said earlier the horns are really great on this some of it kind of reminds me of Big Crit another southern rapper who uses horns really well on his tracks but they provide this really like soulful quality to the production that I, I love remind me again what were some of the standout tracks for you so just going back I think they just started off with three strong tracks in Lala Challenge 
up and top down. Uh, then this side, when the tone kind of shifts, um, I think it's a really great introspective dark song. Tequila is another one. And then that transition into Blue Moon and it's kind of jazzy, funky vibe of that song I really like. So those were my highlights. How about yours? Yeah, mine are pretty much exactly the same, especially because you convinced me of the greatness of some <laughs> of it. Um, really, my absolute favorite is La La Challenge. I love the weirdness, the tone it sets. It's kind of slow and, and mesmerizing at first, and then it gets insanely fast, like it's coming off the rails. Right. And that bass line is just crazy, <laughs> and the vocals that are going over it are awesome. That song's my favorite by far. I really liked Up and some of the other songs you mentioned too. So, solid album. I'm on board. Yeah, really cool style. Looking forward to what they put out next. So the next album we're talking about is called Little Ghost by Moonchild. Moonchild is basically like a jazz alternative R&B trio. Yeah, with some like neo-soul thrown in there. Absolutely. But I don't know much about the three individuals, do you? Uh, They're just all three multi-instrumentalist and they kind of all come at this with, I guess, equal amount of like input into the way these songs are formed and structured. And yeah, they all play a lot of instruments and so everything you hear on this i think comes from just them but they're from la yeah this is my first time listening to this group also cool both of these albums today we're talking about new to me love that super cool man yeah i love um this as a cool pairing with the uh, earth gang and moon child yeah space i love space i knew i could convince nick by just <laughs> just the names alone yep so yeah I, this is a band i i love and they're coming to Dallas in October and looking forward to seeing them. But I haven't seen them in concert before, but I love their last album, which I believe is titled Voyager. Just kind of everything about this band and their sound, I love. For the neo-soul, jazzy, funky R&B realm, there's a lot of people doing it now, and so some of it sounds kind of uh, one-dimensional or in the same sort of pocket, but I think they do some interesting things that kind of sets them apart. So the first track is called Wise Women, and like the last album, Brandon, this might be my favorite track. I don't I don't know if it's my favorite, but I, I really, really like this track. Yeah. It comes out the gate with this uh, kind of weeble-wobbly, kind of swingy drum yeah. pattern, and then the, the keys that lay over it are just so buttery. And her her voice, I it's mean... It's ridiculous, it's, right? It's, it's great. It's just like... <laughs> Kind of sexy and airy and yeah. She's kind of got that super smooth vocal tone going on. It's so soft, you know. It's like it's made of like velvet. Yes, exactly. That's a great, great uh, description. I think it sets up the album really well. Like the lyrics, the wise women won't wait for the now and then. Again, horns in this album are beautifully placed, and I think the horn part at the end of this uh, and the outro are great. Yeah. Yeah, so those lyrics, Amber talks about that song being wise women, just being about making things happen for yourself and not waiting on opportunities to come, proving to yourself that you can do it or whatever, proving others wrong. But I feel like it sets up uh, the album nicely because it, especially the first half of the album, are kind of setting up of like recognizing that you have the power to to do things or like this like self-affirmation kind of journey that it goes on the first several tracks and it introduces it in a good way on the first track. For sure. Totally loved it. The second track is called Too Much to Ask. Uh, I really like the different percussive sounds that they used in making the beat of this. I agree, and her voice is just so relaxed again and smooth. It's one of my favorites, I think, and the instrumentation on the song is amazing. 
Yeah, I love the way they layered the vocals uh, at, at the end of this track. Yeah. I think this song ends beautifully, like the final chord of this. I had a, a verbal sigh. Did you really? Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so good. This goes back to the idea of frission that I learned about on the Dissect podcast. And I mentioned to you when I talked about the John Mayer concert. Yes, you did. One of the things that can cause that phenomenon is like perfect resolution that you're expecting. And I think that that last note is just so per Like your brain wants it to happen and then it fulfills so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Track number three, uh, The Other Side, I think starts off with a really beautiful instrumental. Kind of sounds like spring or things, uh, things growing or forming. And I think it's a kind of like a inner growth situation yeah i really love it feels i used the word soundscape earlier when yeah, talking about earth gang it's kind of that same thing right just this these sounds kind of bouncing around i loved it yeah and the piano chords on this give me kind of this sense of nostalgia when they come in just so lush lush is a great word i love giving you compliments <laughs> on your word choice thanks those little high notes that are almost mm -hmm. like a like a bird chirping or something softly and sweetly to you. I thought the break in tempo of this track was really nice as opposed to the first two, which are kind of upbeat. They, they just kind of drive kind of to the same right. mid to upbeat tempo. A lot of the rest of the album kind of holds that same tempo of the first two tracks. And I would love to have more like this third one that kind of broke up the monotony a little bit. So that's a criticism of later in the album. What I really mean is I like this track a, a lot and I'm glad yeah. the, of the way that it breaks tempo. Yeah, it's, it's another one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites too. And like the last track, the way that the, the vocals kind of layer at the end, along with all the other elements that are added into this big kind of crescendo, right? Because there's a there's a of a breakdown where there's a keys solo and, and a couple other things and then when it all swells back in mm -hmm. it's just kind of angelic so track number five is titled strength starts out with these pretty harmonics and these kind of sounds of nature similar to the other side track number three kind of starts off pretty soft and kind of like meditative almost. You know, I just love a, a nice driving bass line. Mm -hmm. And the way on this track, it's just kind of a bump, bump, bump. You know, it's just this kind of metronomic constant. You can just rely on it. It's just holding you up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I really love the bass line. I, I like this, this track a lot. I think the hook is maybe the catchiest of all of the songs on the album. I think about trying to summon strength. Amber, the lead singer here, sounds like she's trying to affirm something or to give herself affirmation. And it's cool. I was thinking about this when I was listening is like being able to sing these songs is kind of a a way to do that every day, like having this as kind of a, a memo that she can return to and sing every night to other people. Strength is one of my favorites. Track number six uh, is called Everything I Need, and it is another one of my favorite tracks. Has this really groovy Jay Dilla drum groove, and Jay Dilla was a producer who had this really unique drum sound. And it's just kind of like a behind the beat sort of lazy drum. And they use it really well, I think, on this. And the, the trumpet rides the beat so well on this track. You know what this song reminded me of? What? Did you ever play The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? I did not. Okay, Nintendo 64, my favorite video game of all time. This track kind of sounds like the backing music to Zora's Domain. If the Zora fish people were into adult contemporary music, they'd be super <laughs> into this. 
that's so great. I just feel like this is one of those tracks that you kind of gotta groove and dance to this. Feels good. Yeah. Then you get to track number 10. It's called What You're Doing. And for me, this is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, it's really great. I think the acoustic guitar sounds on this are really, really good. I think they're just really great at layering instruments as well. And the way she delivers in the pre-chorus, she gets, I don't really understand it, is an amazing funky delivery along with the instrumental behind her. It's fantastic. Well, the lyric right before that, I'm funny, damn it, it perfectly captures this balance of kind of like self-doubt and self-confidence mm-hmm. that like you have to remind yourself of your own worth sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of self-affirmation, like you mentioned. I, yeah, I thought it was great. I, I'm funny, damn it, I don't really understand it. baseline on that follows her vocal line it's really great yeah i think lyrically this is my favorite track on the album love it so track number 12 is called on to me and this is one i definitely got stank face when that beat drops in. i think the the keys are really cool in the verses and there's a really cool down tempo outro as well but her, just again, her Amber's vocal delivery is just so seamless and effortless sounding. Yeah, I think her vocal delivery is good. A small criticism I might have is kind of retreading some of the same melodic techniques that they've used earlier. She does a lot of like, she'll kind of end a lyric or a line, and then there will be a kind of little vocal run that mm-hmm. the harmonies kind of respond with. Mm-hmm. They do that a lot in this album, yeah. and it, it's always technically good, but by this late in the album, we're on track 12, it did less and less. It's like diminishing returns. Exactly right, yeah. I'm in that camp with you. Yeah. So final thoughts on the album? Honestly, I think this album has a lot of similarities to Earth Gang, despite being completely different genres. Mm-hmm. Set aside that they're both 14 tracks long, I think that they both start stronger and don't quite end as strong as they came out of the gate with, and they do tend, for me, to get a little monotonous kind of in the middle mm-hmm. of the album, or just because they kind of retread some of the same ground. Both of these albums have really cool aesthetics mm-hmm. that they kind of stick to pretty well. They're both strong, yeah. Um, and specifically with Little Ghost by Moonchild, her vocals are just so great. All of the production, the way they layer all of these different instruments is super awesome. And and again, this is my first time listening to Moonchild and I'm into it. I'm a fan. Cool. Yeah, I think this album's uh, really approachable and it's kind of a vibey album that I think could be loved at face value by a lot of people just because it's easy listening. It sounds good. But I think it also rewards those who want to dive deep into the production and instrumentation on this as well as like thematically. I think it has a story to tell. Kind of like I was saying, I just, I think the first half kind of seems to be acknowledging a situation and affirming yourself and then seems to have a more confident second half with decisions being made. I think the songs flow super well together. And then my only slight criticism on this would be that because some of the similar instrumentation and vocal delivery, that it might seem a little repetitive by the end. She has a super, like we said, beautiful, smooth, velvety, smooth voice and knows how to use her instrument extremely well. But if you hear 14 songs of a kind of similar timbre and delivery, there are some diminishing returns on that, I think. But overall, yeah, I, I really love this project, and I'm looking forward to see how they, they pull this off live. Yeah, so recapping some of my favorite tracks, I really like Wise Women right at the top. Track number three, The Other Side, I like number five, which is called Strength. And I really, really like track number 10 called What You're Doing. Cool. I, I, some of my favorite tracks, I really love track number two, Too Much to Ask, number three, The Other Side, uh, number six, Everything I Need. Those were my highlights. Yeah. So, Any Happy Tears moments in either of these albums? You know, I didn't really know. I mean, I, I really liked both of these albums. Um, there was only like 
one or two lyrics that even st- stood out to me throughout each of them, mm-hmm. n- but neither of which are necessarily worth me highlighting because I didn't have that big of an emotional response. Yeah, and a lot of those Earth Gang tracks, there's a lot of words being in like pulling up Genius and having some lyrics in front of you is is helpful because there's yeah there's so many different ways that they go about like delivering their verses and some are pretty fast and sometimes I miss some of those when I'm thinking more about the aesthetic that it has or the world that it's building but um, I think there is something to dive into on the Earth Gang album but uh, really on both these. Well uh, what about it sounds like you had some happy tears is that were you gonna save it for there's, us? Well there's I think on I'll start with the Moonchild one first. I had some some creeping tears on the other side. Just the beginning, I think often the way, I mean, piano chords can do that for me or just like kind of the soundscape element of it. Of uh, It just sounds like things are like growing up and spring is, is happening. So the beginning of that track and then, and then also in strength as well. I think it's just the, what it's talking about, just some, like summoning the strength to, to go move forward in in your life and so i think that was more of a thematic thing but yeah i love that track well said thanks buddy and then track number six this side on earth gang when it the tone shifts i just think i got emotional because of the way that johnny venus delivers that first verse and it's just very emotional right away so it kind of put me in that mind state but no weeping or anything but both had some great emotional moments i think yeah two good albums that are out now yep and available wherever you get music. Thank you for listening to Happy Tears. Happy Tears is produced by Nick Melita and Brandon Henry. You can find more information and this episode's show notes at happytearspod.com. And you can find us on Instagram at happytearspodcast. Nick is at Melitagram and Brandon is at Mr. Brandon Henry. And we want to hear from you. So those are great places to do that. You can always answer our current prompt or question that we're asking of listeners episode to episode. You can let us know about things that you think we should cover, like new movies that you like or music. And you can let us know when you have happy tears. What's your favorite new music? What movie scared you the most as a kid? You can do that at our website, happytearspod.com, or at happytearspodcast on Instagram. Uh, So we have a Spotify playlist titled Happy Tears Mixtape, where we have... Uh, accumulated some of the tracks that we talk about on this podcast. So make sure you follow that playlist on Spotify, and you can also find it on our homepage on the website as well. Our original theme music's by Homage, and you can find his music at youtube.com slash homagebeats. So one more thing I wanted to mention. So when this episode goes out on Monday, we're recording this a couple days before that, it will have been almost exactly a month since we launched Happy Tears. So in that time, we have covered seven movies, four albums, including the two today, three short films that are attached to a couple of the albums we've reviewed, three books, and one TV series. Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad. For one month of work, it's been a blast. So thanks for thanks for doing this it's with me, It's been a good man. time, man. I'm enjoying it. And, uh, and thanks to the listeners out there. Appreciate y'all. Let's keep rolling. On the next episode, Space! I'm so excited. You're going to love this one, Nick. It's an all-space-everything episode. Uh, We are covering the new film by James Gray starring Brad Pitt entitled Ad Astra, as well as the comic book series Descender from Image Comics by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn, both of which are kind of epic journeys across space, and Nick's going to have a blast. That's all for this episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Nick. Farewell!